Hi, apa khabar? Welcome to the first episode of Garam Masala. Here is where we dig into what makes Malaysia great and dissect the issues that plague our country. This is a podcast that's spicier than your grandma's secret recipe sambal. I'm Hazel, your host for today. And I'm Ortu, uh, co-host and welcome. <laughs> so, Ortu, do you think it makes sense that we kick off this episode by talking about our Ibu Kota Kuala Lumpur? Of course, of course. KL is where I was born and it's the capital of the country. And if you want to talk about the country, I think there's no better place to, to start with KL. Yeah, why is going KL? We have 9 million people here. Uh, how this? K- KL, KL. Tall buildings. Uncle, hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and of course, when we talk about Malaysia, it's the people. Uh, so, like uncle here. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay, so, you know, even though KL has all these good stuff, right? But tourists tend to just use KL as a stopping point to go to another city like Bangkok or Singapore. Like, they never stay long enough to enjoy what KL has to offer. And why is that? So, how do we make tourists to really visit KL? To answer that question, we have Amirul from The Cool Things Here joining us today. Hello! Welcome, Amirul. Hello, hello, hi. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Amirul Veslan, uh, writer and KL lover. Mm-hmm. And so, this is my favorite topic of all, Kuala Lumpur. So, being able to talk about this and aggressively share all my obnoxious opinions about Kuala Lumpur is something that I'm extremely pleased to be doing. Okay, so to get things going, why don't y'all start off by saying one thing you love the most and one thing you absolutely hate about KL. Amiru can go first. Uh, I love that KL is not an easy city. KL is a kind of city that you fall in love in spite of all the problems. Uh, you have to like be someone who like loves like hard mode in your games to, to love KL. Because if you wanted an easy city, go to Singapore. If you want like instant fun, go to Bangkok. Kuala Lumpur is uh, the city that rewards you for your effort. Kuala Lumpur is a kind of city where if you can show that you're willing to put in as much interest and love into Kuala Lumpur, you will get so much back. And you'll get so much more back compared to you know many of our other like wonderful neighbor cities. And you can also use it as a stopping point to explore everything else and go back to KL and then realize like, oh yeah, KL's the best. But what I hate about KL... Wait, wait, why is yeah. Singapore easy? I mean, Singapore is like a city that has thrived on making itself like a city where there are no obstacles. Like you want to start a business, like snap, like same day you can do it. Uh, you get there, you know exactly what to do. Marina Bay Sands, you go to Orchard Street. Uh, everything has been like laid on a plate for you for a city like, like Singapore. It's like if you go on a vacation, Singapore is the tour where you follow all the aunties on the bus. Uh, okay, pukul 2, we will stop here. Then 2.30, we will lunch. Then everything. But KL is more like you have to exp- I think, yeah. I agree, KL is hard. You have to build a relationship with KL but you will be rewarded if you put in effort tapi for the KL relationship. KL pun ada tourism. Of course, tapi dia, dia tak ada... Dia, Okay, what is the best thing to do in KL? If you ask 10 people, there will be 12 answers. Absolutely, yeah. Yes. In fact, uh, the I think the relationship with tourism that KL locals have uh, is that 
any tourist asks like what should I do and not only do you get different answers the answers are all over the place yes. it's not the the set routine uh, and everyone believes their own answer if everyone you are, believes their own answer if you ask a simple question like okay where to get the best nasi kanda there will be fights people will literally throw punches yeah. <laughs> and and most people will just like put you in a car then drive you straight to Penang right? because they'll be like you can't have good nasi kanda in KL come on uh, yeah. wow. which, is wrong, which is wrong by the way you can have great nasi kanda in KL wait in Chowkit some of the best nasi kanda is just around the corner yes yes Saddam okay what do you hate about KL uh, I hate that KL is a highway centered city I hate that KL is a city that sort of like assumes by default you must have a car uh, recently I've stopped uh, traveling by private car, I, I cycle and take public transport only and walk. Uh, and it works for me, but it's not something that can work for other people because now you have to accept that what is normally a 25 minute walk, a 25 minute drive, becomes like a four hour walk plus LRT plus. Like maybe you can shorten it if you cycle, but then you're looking for like a place to park your bicycle and stuff like that. So I hate that KL is a city that's so dependent on parking, so dependent on driving, and so dependent on the this like illogical network of concrete that we call our like many highways. Okay, so we'll start with both of what we love first, right? Okay, so I think KL, the best thing I love about KL is the people, right? One is people don't care, right? They only care if you care. So if you just go to any KL, macam, like the uncle just now, right? If your uncle come here lah, kita isak rokok ke? He will stop by and I will isak rokok with an uncle and he won't care and he will tell his life. I will tell, I will share my life. So I think mostly the thing I love about KL is the people and of course second is the food lah. Uh, but the thing I hate about KL is basically because it's KL, it's a love hate relationship lah. So let's leave it at that <laughs> because it will be a long answer. What about you? What do you love most about KL? I love that KL is convenient. I guess it's like the only state that has LRT, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why. Like you go other state, transport-wise, it's quite mafan lah. You have to drive and all. So KL got LRT and all. Nice ah. Free bus ah, more. So love the free buses. Keep it up, DBKL. Okay, so what do you hate? What I hate ah. What do you hate? I hate that the the traffic is like so scary scary like, as in I, I only dare to drive in Malacca but you ask me to drive to KL uh, but Malacca is all one way right <laughs> <laughs> that's crazier than KL but I do agree that KL drivers are dangerous animals that need to be monitored and controlled yeah you, you are born in KL so yes I am from KL but also I was born in KL I was born in the inner city uh, which I think is a flex that I like because like so many of my friends are like oh Pantai Hospital like Bangsa PJ whatever <laughs> I was born in Pudu okay uh, you know cool lah, like, deep, Pantai, deep bro. I'm also from Pantai Melaka yeah, yeah. Oh Melaka <laughs> okay. yeah I I was uh, born in in Bukit Bintang slash Pudu uh, in a Chinese hospital which is very unusual for uh, a Malay boy um, and then I grew up in in the in in a downtown. I grew up in Kampung Pandan, which is uh, like essentially one of the earlier like flat settlements of, of KL. Uh, today we see we only really think about it when you think of like uh, you know the Royal Selangor Golf Club, okay, and RSGC. like 
uh, Trek and my town. It's kind of like this massive area that's hidden by all of these like big things. But actually, it is. Uh, if you were a property agent, and KL obviously has so many property agents, you would probably market a flat in Desapandan as like only five minutes from the city center. <laughs> yes. KLCC views. Ten minutes to KLCC. Yeah, correct, yeah. correct, correct. Yeah. So Hazel, you are you said you're from Laka, right? Uh. So what is the biggest difference from KL and Laka? Because both are cities. What do you think is the biggest difference between KL and Melaka? Other than transport or public transport? Melaka is like extra, extra hot. I don't know, is, <laughs> is it because the area that I stay in, like, I just stand still and do nothing, I can still sweat. <laughs> but that's true with KL, what? KL, not really. I don't know. <laughs> I think there's, there's moisture here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I I'm good, I'm good. I, I, yeah. I want it really. But I want to ask uh, Amiro, like, do you know why uh, your mom chose to give birth to you in a Chinese hospital? Uh, so, th- there were like uh, family reasons for that that I'm not going to get into. But uh, yes, for a specific reason, it had to be in uh, Chinese maternity hospital in Pudu because there was a specific doctor uh, oh. that they were they were like working with to produce me. It worked out for them, I think. So, uh, but yes, I, I think I'm really glad. Like, uh, I have a sister who's one year younger than me, and she was also born in same that hospital. same hospital in Pudu. But I have a sister who's like much younger, and no, she's like Pantai Hospital Bangsa. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I I get the flex that I'm the the inner city like, like. But you, 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 you were born there, but were, were you staying there as well? Were, yeah, we. Uh, I grew up in in Desapandan, okay. uh, in Kapopandan. I went to school in Kapopandan as well, okay. uh, which which was like, honestly an experience that I really love, and uh, I would not change the the fact that being an inner city KL kid, uh, and with its you know like various. Uh, Quirks, pros and cons, uh, but but I I think being from inner KL has given me I, I wouldn't say like credibility, but I know KL a bit deeper in the areas that generally get overlooked because you're taking Akleh to go from Ampang to Bangsa. Yeah, because or, otherwise it would be just forty five minutes on the road. Right? Yeah, <laughs> otherwise otherwise you're in traffic. You're on like Jalan Jelate. Yes. And then like 20 motorcyclists are trying to like nudge you to the left lane or whatever. Okay, so you were born in Desapandan, grew up there. Yeah. An inner city kid, right? Uh, what, what, what did you experience in those early years in this Desapandan, in the inner city that made you love KL so much? Well, uh, growing up in the 90s as a, a young Malay, you know, middle-class boy in in Kuala, in Kuala Lumpur makes you realize that there was a certain like hopefulness associated with the the 90s boomtown years of KL. It felt like you were really on the ground floor of this city that was becoming from just like Ibu Kota Malaysia to like possibly a major city in in the world like suddenly our like ringgit spending power was quite good you know like people are talking about like asian tigers and it felt it felt a lot like being malaysian was more than just like small disappendant and instead like KL 
KL is like a city that people talk about, and uh, you know, like later, obviously, with like all the like the Twin Towers and Sepang and the uh, International Airport, like we we got a bit more visibility. But I think being experiencing that 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 era of like hope and sort of like feeling a bit like self-important because KL was getting a bit important was uh, like made me really identify. I was like, you know, it's like when your sports team is like doing very well. Yeah, yeah understood, understood. It's like Manchester United winning everything in the nineties. Not anymore, by the way. <laughs> is that what sparked your interest to start doing content where you look into unknown places of KL? So I, yeah, I run a short video platform called The Cool Things, uh, which is on TikTok and Instagram. We, I essentially uh, explore KL on foot, on a bicycle, and I experience KL in a different way from other people because I'm not driving and looking for parking and taking a highway. What inspired me to start making content about KL was just my overwhelming love for KL and how I really wanted to share that with my friends from from overseas, uh, friends in KL, so that I could tell them, like, you know, like, come to Chivas, come to Chowkit. You know, like because because people when they ask people uh, when they have friends from overseas, right? Jom pergi naik nari KL, jom pergi KLCC, pergi tengok Korea. But when you should have, okay, let's go to PJ. There's this auntie who sells Indian food in a house. What, yeah, you know, you know the name of that. Uh, is that like the something mess? Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean KL has lots yeah. of those, right? Yeah. Back alley, back alley restaurants. Mm. These are what we should bring people when they when they come to KL and want to experience KL. Yeah, immersion I think is a big part of how I learn to fall in love with cities that I visit and have lived in. I've uh, about 10 years ago I moved away from KL and started living in other cities, and that really just like gave me a stronger love for Kuala Lumpur and especially a stronger love for discovering KL with my friends that it's just like a solo thing because I'm walking everywhere like a, you know like a stranger other cities ni mana? Uh, I, I've lived in a few other places uh, there was a short while that I lived in Auckland okay. New Zealand uh, spent some time in Eastern Europe okay. uh, in Turkey uh, most of the like the longer times that I've stayed in uh, and like lived somewhere that I would say was Chiang Mai in Thailand which is also a city that I love very much and I think is a, a good like baseline for what every second tier Malaysian city should aspire to be like a Batu Pahat a Taiping should aspire to be as dynamic as Chiang Mai but KL is a different animal KL is a you know 9 million yeah, Chiang Mai is cool person. they have that for them they do have that one thing I realised like how KL people is different from Malacca people is that they are very open with their sexuality. I guess like when you're in a big city, it's easy to find community on topics that otherwise you would like push down. Mm. KL has a, a deep and really fascinating, fascinating history uh, that has not really been documented about like KL's like queer culture and of course, you know, it's an ongoing battle. But KL is definitely the city where people can express themselves more. You don't do that in, you know, Gua uh, Musang. Si Jang Kang. <laughs> yes. Okay, so then the question would be, since you've been all over the world, right, and, and you love KL so much, what do you think are the quirks, the, the personalities of Perangai Orang KL ni that is uniquely KL? I think 
there's nothing that's uniquely KL, but uh, there are definitely some habits among Malaysians that KL like like uh, reinforces or exhibits more. They have that big city sort of like uh, I'll I'll leave you alone if you leave me alone thing. Kind of like New York kind of thing. Kind of like New York, yeah. yeah. Unless you ask for help, they will just walk over your yeah, body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they that. will happily like walk <laughs> over you. We have certain communities that, uh, because this is the default with with Malaysia or default with KL, that people will like help you more. Like I noticed that if you if you're on a motorcycle, anything happens, that like, all the motorcycle guys will like work, yep, yep, will yep. help together. Because if you don't do that, you don't have. You know, like mutual aid is something that that you need to do in in a situation like this, and uh, I think KL is actually little pockets of different communities of people who just happen to be in this big, like overwhelming city. Mm. I think to comment on why KL is a bit different than normal Malaysia, and macam tak pula tak cerita kat orang lah malu. So KL is more exposed, and because there's a lot of different cultures different people yeah. even internally and externally from outside so i think that's why kl people are a bit more open we do we do crazy things and strange things because we are exposed i think i think it's probably just because it's sunway student okay. or like they are influenced by the people around them then like they tend to like for kl young people uh, especially chinese they tend to spend more than they can afford. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do the same thing. Really? I, I clearly <laughs> live above my means with my folding bicycle and my daily latte addiction. I guess those are like um, useful, uh, but like for them, it's more like superficial stuff. Like they feel the need to, because people around them are like rich, so like they feel the need to like buy branded stuff to wear to show people. Okay, so I have a question for both of you actually. So especially uh, because Hazel is from outside the KL and you inherently are KL through and through. What is the one trait that you have as someone from outside of KL embrace as part of yourself now? It's, you got it from KL but now it's part of you. And what is inherently in you that is also very much KL? So if you could go first Amirul, what is the trait that you think that this is KL but it's also me? Uh, I think the thing that uh, this is KL but it's also me is you either like don't care and you just like what's lumber je lah or you have to put in the work and do twice as much effort because although KL is convenient and we have you know like everything nearby when you do point to point all these like convenient things you end up still like taking up so much time you waste so much time in KL you will never get the the calm like tranquil living of like kampung living uh, unless you're extremely rich I and living in so basically because susah yeah. that is future warning to everyone who is looking yeah. for <laughs> yeah it's uh, not getting easier for me I think I'm strange and I think KL is also a very strange city I think you would agree as well yeah right and this strangeness that I have inside me is why I love KL because I fit right in I you go. strange in a good way or bad way uh, that's perspective. Both. Uh, to some people, strangeness is uh, negative. But to most people, especially if they don't have to live with me, strangeness is of course fine. Yeah, I. Uh, when it comes to being like strange in KL, KL is an extremely strange city. <laughs> KL is a city where things happen and you don't know why, because no one asks why. And the entirety of my the cool things uh, videos are based on the fact that. 
KL is such a bizarre city where you encounter weird things, things that are un- unexplained sometimes for many many years. But because Malaysia uh, KL residents are so good at like just like living with it, you ignore something that's weird for like 30, 40 years, and then people ask you like, it's just been there. Like that's that's just how it is. Uh, and I feel like. To sort of like piggyback on on the earlier question you asked, uh, if there was a trait that I would like more people to have in KL, it's to be a bit more curious because KL is a city that rewards your curiosity, in the same way it rewards your effort and your your love and your intention. But when people are so uncurious and they just like walk past everything, that honestly you deserve to like stop and go like, huh, this is weird. Why are we in a park under an LRT track in the middle of Chowkit? Like, how did that happen? Where is this from? Yeah. Uh, are there more places like this? How how is it that no one knows about it? Yeah. Uh, KL is a city where I approach it and fall in love with it because I'm a curious person. Because I cannot stop myself from walking in and going knock knock like. Tempat apa ni? I like to joke that I'm a professional trespasser, so What? I just like walk in and like. Pencerobo. Pencerobo. Professional. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't, I've just got too much time on my hands, and I like to walk into things. A busy body, I guess. A busy body. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes, I understand. Yeah. I'm a. I'm an anti in a Melayu body. A Melayu male body. My cheap book. Yes, yes. I feel you. I feel Is it you. fair to say that you made enough earning for you to have enough time to explore KL? Uh, uh, to answer that question, uh, no. I do so many things. I uh, I freelance and freelance and freelance. I also run uh, a small publishing business in the US. All these small things that essentially allow me to have a certain freedom from living a 95 life, which is probably the main reason why. Cukup lah, kau nak isi minyak basikal kau. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, boleh boleh polish sikit, boleh yeah. like loop the chain. But of course, I think it's the nine to five life and the travel commute time in KL that makes people not curious. They're like, I have to go to work, I have to come home, I have to jaga anak, uh, I have to makan. When you have all these piling on your plate, you can't just like wander around from Chowkit to Kampung Baru to Dangwangi. And I think KL is also very easy to 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 just fall into that right where you have a lane and you just follow that lane. Okay, aku naik komuter pagi, patut aku pergi lati, and aku pergi kerja, patut aku lunch kat Mibeli, patut aku balik kerja. Yeah. So you just do that and KL is is designed in like he said pockets, right? So kalau kau just follow your lane, you just every day you can just do the same thing and you just do Yeah. Sebab itu tak kisah aku kam. Is there anything, any places that you discovered that like not well known that you haven't turned into content yet? Uh, yes, there's so there's a lot of that. I because I explore a lot more than I make content because it turns out video editing is hard. Shout out to the Chili Sauce team for editing this video. <laughs> uh, uh, I have a, a giant stockpile of things that I've discovered. Some of them are just like they're not even like landmarks. They are anecdotes, maybe. They're like just like short. Weird stories like why is this place named this place? Why is this street like not in the correct style as all the other streets? I'm not doing this alone, of course, because there's been resources, there's been like books, academic 
journal articles. Every day, I tend to discover that KL has weird, little, unexplained things. Or maybe they are explained. It's just that no one has like taken five minutes to like talk about it. I like, you know, like really got Rajin and started making a video a day about everything I discovered. I think I will be done sometime in the year 2027. And that's assuming I don't discover new things. So, okay, then if you wanted people to be more curious about KL, right? Yeah. So then the question would be if people are curious, they want to be more curious about KL, they want to explore and learn new things about KL, where should they go? Where, where would they get this information that would allow them to have visibility on the hidden gems of KL? The best way to do this is to just, you start off in your neighborhood, assume you don't know anything about it. You get rid of all your prejudices, all your ideas of like, oh, I cannot go here, it's not safe. Or, oh, I cannot go here, there's nothing there. Often when you go somewhere, you realize it's not that there's nothing there, it's nothing you've noticed before. It would really help if you or any aspiring KL explorer treat KL as an empty notebook that you can fill with questions. Why is it that your Taman Perumahan has four nasi kukus places next to each other? Because there are so many areas like that. Where yeah, the, yeah. it's just like a single dish. Ada tiga nasi lemak dengan yeah. satu jual pisang goreng. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Why not make it like nasi lemak, laksa, yes, nasi yes. kerabu. Instead, there's all these like quirks of design, whether intentional or unintentional, that I think really makes you appreciate your locality, whether it's like the whole city or just like a certain taman or a certain jalan. You know, in one of your videos, you uh, are posting where you go to this uh, recently restored mansion that has the view of Merdeka 118. Yes. Then you damn naughty, you don't want to tell people who is the actual owner. So who is it? Who owns that? Oh my god, yeah. So, <laughs> yes, there's uh, this beautiful mansion. It's just off of Data Merdeka. Uh, now it is an event space. It used to be called Lok Hall because it belonged to a man by the name of Lok Chowkit. A man that... Chowkit? Macam pernah dengar aja nama tu? Like... Like all this, yeah. So he uh, was in the 1800s and 19 in the early 1900s. This uh, very wealthy Chinese tauke who was also who made most of his wealth from mining, like many of the, the Chinese yeah, tauke at that time. Geng, geng, ya yeah, um, but also more uniquely, he was the owner of the first department store in KL. So store. you think like uh, no, like it's Chow Kit and Co. Yeah, this is like. 1895. Where they sell just opium. Rumah Tangsi. Ah, I should have known that. Yeah. Is it Rumah Tangsi owned by the BKL now? PAM, uh, Persatuan Architect Malaysia, uh, was in charge of it for a while. But I know that it's reverted to the BKL. Rumah Tangsi is the form, the former home of Chow Kit. Chow Kit as in the man who gave uh, Sudirman a song title. Chow, yeah, Chow Kit was a fascinating man. And obviously, you don't get prime mansion location unless you were like one of the richest men in in KL or in Malaysia but the history of that building goes beyond just like Chowkit himself uh, he went he went on a, a world tour which is very unusual for a Chinese man in the 1800s he went to Italy he traveled with princes and he uh, was just like you know uh, an influencer. A mining, a, a, a mining, a mining billionaire. La, so he was a mining billionaire. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was essentially uh, the Roman Abramovich of KL. La. Yeah, it's exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah, cruises. You know that whole life. <laughs> okay, so moving on, we're gonna talk about transportation in KL. So how about transportation? Like, do you guys think KL should like move to uh, the LRT and all? 
change to 24-7? I would love that. That's my. That's the number one thing I'm advocating for. Are you willing to pay more tax for that? Yes. Uh, Kuala Lumpur is a city with so many lines of, of public transport. Uh, and many people don't know this, but several of the lines are already fully automated. Well, not automated, driverless. There's a difference there. So you don't need a driver in every train. Uh, we know this because on certain special occasions, Rapid KL will extend the times in which the operation hours, the operation hours of trains. And a few months ago, we even had one that was close to 24 hours where Rapid KL operated on Saturday like the whole, the normal time to top 11.30 and then Sambu. did maintenance until like 1.30 and then from 1.30 until 6am they did a special free service for the KL Standard Chartered Marathon uh, which was an exciting day I am not a marathon runner but I still went out at 3am to Jelatik Station just to see experience KL as if it's a 24-hour city experience it as if it's Chicago or New but York but KL is a 24-hour city KL is a 24-hour only city. the LRT is not only the LRT is not what I think Rapid KL needs to understand is there is so much like soft power potential in making KL go from like just a city with a cool MRT and LRT into a city that like transport nerds around the world go like that's a 24-hour city because Hong Kong's not a 24-hour city hmm. uh, I mean 24-hour public transport city Tokyo is not I've spent so many nights out in Tokyo where it's like 1am and then I'm stuck and I don't know what to do and people just sleep outside the station. and people just sleep outside the stations people like Marayao until 5am and then they take the first train KL could be that city and KL would be the first uh, or among the first in in the world but specifically in Asia that's that's how KL can like leapfrog places like Seoul or Tokyo and be like that's our flex. We're 24-hour makan, 24-hour transport, 24-hour exploring KL. I, I do agree with that, but when we talk about transportation, right, especially public transportation, then the question would be the final mile. Lah. At the end of the day, I think uh, it's the culture of just getting to the LRT stations and getting from the LRT stations to your destination is the issue that we need to maybe rectify first. Yeah. Right? And if we do that, then of course we can we can we can have a, a, a world class city in terms of public transport. Otherwise susah bro. And the weather does not help. People are only willing to walk 800 meters in KL because more than that ketiak becak bro you cannot right so this is one of the issues that we need to solve lah yeah because there isn't many shaded area for pedestrian to walk and for all yeah hujan panas anjing kejar semua yeah. so i used to when i took the LRT i had this if you go to speed mart there's this dog biscuits tau panjang lebih kurang about Yang 6 inches yes yeah yeah it's the star where they chew right you makan no no i <laughs> I, I eat different kind of dog biscuits but these dog biscuits <laughs> I take I put in my pocket so if there are dogs chasing oh. me I will just break off one and then just throw and then hey good boy let yang gigit uh, and then become kawan lah so these are other people get chased by dogs so I'm saying that certain things we might need to pull up before we can uh, fully utilize the MRT for 24 hours yeah I mean like I've been saying uh, all through this podcast shoot uh, KL is not an easy city yes. and that I think is probably the number one way in which it manifests as like not being easy if you're not lucky enough to live within like a 5 minute walk or 10 minute walk of uh, LRT, LRT or MRT you your options change a lot no one can afford to take a grab every day back and forth 
many people do many people do that because they have no other option they need to get to work so they will spend you know hundreds to thousands of ringgit on uh, ride share costs I guess we can't help that infrastructure is sort of like I can't just move a station be like okay PWTC station here let's move it over there so like more people can live there there's so many interests that, that determine planning from the top so I think what we can do as KL residents is to have a bit more like individual activism on, on that maybe while the authorities can start building more shaded paths we as individuals can start sharing paths that we know are like easy like for instance here where we're shooting right now if you walk under the train tracks between PWTC station to Bandaraya station you can actually just diverge and walk four minutes to Dangwangi station this, these are these are like not part of like official interchanges but it's, it's it, it, is it is connected it is connected it is close it is a way for you to sort of like play a puzzle game with, with your city and, and now with with technology right for example if you buy a e-scooter e which is like what 400-600 ringgit right you can easily travel between stations and without without much effort right so I think now there are many ways it's just about whether people want to or not and of course it's about awareness right? okay so that was transportation I think uh, when we talk about people we talk about culture and we talk about KL we cannot not talk about food like i said previously we were talking about nasi kanda je pun boleh buat bergaduh bro but okay if people from outside right what's so special about kl considering like okay if they go to singapore they kind of get the same things right oh oof, oof, ah. oof. oh oh my god <laughs> i mean okay. that's the sound of 9 million people <laughs> coming to chase after you to to help you out so that they come chase after me as well uh i'm going to say i actually agree with that kl is a capital city but probably not a city that has generated food culture from the ground up the way like Penang has. Or even like Klang. You know, Klang has bakute, Penang, Chakwitao, Nasi Kanda. I struggle to think of a dish that I would say is like uniquely KL. If you ask me what a KL dish is, it would probably be like uh, 45 ringgit avocado toast at an Instagrammable cafe. Wow. But yeah, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry guys. Yeah. But but it's true, it's true, right? So for example, if you say that okay, what is inherently Malaysia is very easy. Yeah. Nasi lemak, roti canai, semua. Yeah. Tapi what is inherently KL, it's like you just take whatever is in Malaysia and then you just tampal lah. Yeah. Barubas, chicken 65, things like that, right? Ramli burger. Ramli burger is KL? Uh, this is a fantastic like uh, seed for an investigative series on like the origins of Ramli burger. I think Ramli burger is Selangor lah. Uh, he was from Selangor but KL is his biggest market lah, betul. So okay, like Klang Valley ah, Klang Valley, Selangor. Klang Valley, Selangor. Okay, yeah. but then okay, an easier question would be right rather than be controversial, right? What would you say that if you come to KL, if you don't eat that, yeah. you've never actually been to KL? It's got to be like a real like nasi campur kind of place. Okay, oh. I agree. Yeah, it yes. should be. KL is a city where everything is campur already. The origins of most of our residents are, are not, you know, many generations from KL. Our biggest migrant groups are Indonesia, Indonesian, Kelantanese, Bangladeshi, Myanmar. Kenapa Kelantanese immigrant? <laughs> no, actually, I, I'm fairly sure uh, there's going to be a, a source of this. But the biggest single migrant group in the Klang Valley are people from Kelantan. Yeah. Like, if Kelantan was a different country, ah, okay. and many Kelantanese wish that this was a uh, this was the case, okay. Uh, my family is Kelantanese. I can say that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, there's I think there's like millions more 
Kelantanese who have moved to the Klang Valley in the last 20 years than even uh, Indonesians, Bangladeshis. Uh, so I would, yeah. And then this is reflected, of course, in how like a lot of like, if we use nasi campur, like not distinctly Kelantanese cuisine, a lot of nasi campur places in KL have like vaguely Kelantanese dishes without it being like trying to be a Kelantanese restaurant. Like you can get like all the usual like, uh, kuah kuah campur, okay. but then like ayam pecik of like the Kelantanese variety. I really like this one in uh, Kramat AU3, Warisan okay. Kuala. Shout out to Warisan Kuala okay. with an E. Yeah, Kuala. Okay, 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 uh, okay. Great place. Uh, smells amazing. Like ikan bakar is like, always like. Berapa banyak lah, bro? Lebih kurang. Oh. Masa lunch. I want to say like thirty or forty. Okay. Decent. Always busy. Ada ulam uh, semua Ada ulam bacaan. Yeah uh, When when I'm like Very broke You know I have like A bergedil And then kuah And I try to hide The bergedil Ambil tiga amb- Ambil tiga sayur Betul yeah. Ambil ikan masin Tutup yeah. dengan kentang Lepas tu letak kuah Semua yeah. berapa Empat ringgit setengah Yeah yes, exactly and, you, and, and in a place like AUT3 Kelamat You can still get Empat ringgit setengah Menu Rahmah lah. my, yeah. my favorite One of my favorite place Kalau dekat KL eh, Nasi campur Is dekat Pantai Dalam So dia hmm. ada dua tempat One is near the LRT eh, the, Near the commuter Pantai Dalam Which is Kind of like uh, dia, It's kind of like a Half-half migrant Punya community hmm. The law of Indonesians Are working And living there But there's also uh, Local people Yang memang 30-40 years there Their parents were there And then they They continue living there So that's one place Dia putri something lah I tak ingat nama dia But just about 200 meters away Is a masjid Where Tepi parking masjid tu Ada nasi campur Dia ada gulai kawah Dia ada ikan bakar Uff. Dia ada Uff. Kerabu perut Semua All this You know Local dishes That even if you from Melaka You will maybe uh, Recognize one or two Lauk lah hmm. So what about you? Favorite I... food in KL? Dia orang Melaka bro Dia KL ada apa? <laughs> eh actually I actually like KL food the best Better than Melaka eh? Except Lecha lah Lecha Melaka one nice yeah, yeah, But yeah, KL yeah. one hard to find Asam pedas? You don't eat asam pedas? Um, I'm not really a spicy food person But I'm a very salty food person yeah, so you like That's why KL food like They have the most flavor, most salty stuff here. So. The most salt, the most sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Garam, the most garam. unhealthy. <laughs> This is based on a very unhealthy diet. MSG, MSG, MSG mm. is the it runs in our blood. I don't. I also don't have like a favorite nasi campur place. It's like as long as I pass by a warung, then I see the their nasi campur. They have the ikan keli sambal. I'll be there. Nasi, and nasi campur is such a great like concept to describe KL because every culture has you know like Chinese chap fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I travel around in like areas with a lot of like construction workers, and you start seeing uh, more like Bangladeshi and Pakistani nasi campur. I had this really amazing food experience at this honestly like hole in the wall shop in Pasasuni that was like a Burmese nasi campur place. Uh, near on Jalan uh, Tun Tan Cheng Lok Across okay. from Kota Raya Okay, across yeah. Kota Raya okay. So it was in like the fourth story of this Like shop lot And then uh, I've only had a bit of Burmese food Even though I think Burmese cuisine is something that we should all try more of Because Burmese people cook a lot of our street food uh, And I was looking for this one specific dish Which is like this uh, tea leaf salad 
tea leaves. Yeah, right? so it's like a salad with nuts and tea leaves. And the tea leaves are like bitter and hard, but they give a lot of like flavor to the, the nuts. And it's like crunchy, it's got a bit of like rice in it. So the salad is bitter. The salad is like no. bitter but also salty. Oh. And also it's like it's got the like a sour kind of gravy to oh. it. And then you have it with rice, you have it with like fish, and I realized, yeah, nasi champo of of course, any culture that has rice and has protein and has kuah will have nasi champo. And the good thing is, is because it's like KL, if you go to the same nasi champo shop 10 times, you will have 10 different things to eat even if you get the same lauk. Because yes. there's so many selections and combinations that you can do. Miral. Since you claim that you're a professional KL trespasser, (laughs) we're gonna put it to the test. Yeah. We're gonna have a quiz. And there's a punishment, ah? Yeah. For for the loser. Me and you are also involved, lah. Yeah, yeah, of course. So whoever got it wrong, uh, we have to eat the chili. Chili, yeah. chili, Okay, yeah. bro, kita memang nak bagi tambah pedas. How many questions do we have, ah? Five? Five oh questions? Chili api, chili Five questions. No, no, because I cannot, I, cannot eat, I cannot eat spicy, so I ask them to not buy chili party. Okay, okay, then that's okay, this is okay. But but you, this one is spicy for you or no? For the audience? Yes, very spicy. <laughs> okay, okay. Sungai Klang, Sungai and Sungai Gombak. Okay, I got half, I got half. So how? Makan je lah, aku makan. Sweet, right? Careful. It's like it's a, just a snack. mid-shoot snack. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mahkamah. Oh, I... So spicy, the middle. Federal Council Building. Mahkamah Tinggi Kuala Lumpur Legislative Council Building <laughs> It's kind of like how uh, KL's original like DBKL was just called the Sanitary Board Yeah, because all they did was like make people sanitary Oh shit, the, the, the Spider-Man thing. The Masale. Yes, yes, yes. The name of the man. The uh. name of the man. Uh, My uh, cousin his, also, his I don't French. remember the name, bro. What yeah. <laughs> he's French. It's like Pierre something. He is French, but he's not Pierre. Jean. <laughs> Baptiste. Remy. 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 Yeah. Okay. Okay. B. Alain. Alain. Jalan Palestine. Dia pergi. Free Palestine, my brothers and sisters. Ya Aloy. Ketum. Opium. Oh, opium masa awal-awal bro. 
I I once did a date where I took the day pass. LRT has day passes, yes, right? So yes. you pay how much is it now for a day pass in? For so the, if you're a Malaysian, uh, there's a one day pass for five ringgit, which actually is the best thing you could do on LRT. If you've got like a touch and go, you should just either pay for the My 50, which is like a monthly pass of 50 ringgit, okay. which lets you use all rapid KL services, LRT, MRT, monorail, as well as bus. But, bus, yes. but if you don't have 50 ringgit, which I don't. Uh, shout out to Rapid KL Give me 50 ringgit uh, <laughs> Give us passes bro Give yeah, us yeah, passes yeah. Yeah. Annual pass I'll take it 5 yeah. um, ringgit Will get you a daily pass Okay so that's e- even the whole day have, Yeah even tourists have Like a I think uh, Don't quote me In this I think it's 15 uh, For like a All day travel pass Having a pass As opposed to Buying a token Or using a touch and go Changes how you Approach public transport Because you can now Just like Hop on one station, and you don't even need to think about paying. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to think about paying. You see a bus lalu that you think is interesting, just take the bus, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you're in Ampang Jaya. Suddenly you're in like Cheras Yulek, yeah. and you're like, "How did I get here?" Jalan Yutan. Okay, yeah. but uh, okay. Uh, do we have uh, cashless transactions on uh, in the public transport, LRT, MRT, especially? Uh, there's a move to incorporate more cashless transactions. Uh, The only one, the only service right now that would take full cashless, as in like you can use your debit card, uh, is KTM actually. KTM is super underrated. KTM oh, commuter yes. will take you like all sorts of far places. I yeah. am planning a trip where I'm going to take the KTM commuter, probably like with friends. So this this is like an entertaining like. Ro- Roger lah, bro. KTM is yeah. my bread and butter. I used yeah. to stay in Bangi. I grew up in Bangi, so yeah. anywhere I wanted to go outside of Bangi, we would first take KTM. Yeah. Because KTM takes you all the way to like Tampin, which is the border of like Melaka. Yes, yes, and ETS now goes all the way north. Yeah. Seeing that you take public transport most of the time, like LRT and yeah. all, is that how you found out about the Kereta Pisarong event? Yeah. So Kereta uh, Pisarong is this annual event that's become increasingly popular and has been done for a number of years, where people celebrate traditional dress and. Uh, where it's specifically on the kereta api, so on the train. Uh, it is an absolutely beautiful visual uh, annual event that is very like locals only. This could be like a defining tourism event where people who are like public transport enthusiasts or even like travelers would come to Malaysia specifically for the one day. Everyone's wearing. Sarung yeah, and just open booths in KL Central yeah. selling kain plekat yeah. and sarung. Like it so could be. We just haven't connected the dots yet. However, it's become uh, a bigger thing. I think this year they they had a major like media partner, uh, one of the big like conglomerates. How, how big was it, bro? Uh, like I think I read that uh, tourism ministry said 10,000 people dressed up in traditional dress, and it wasn't just Malaysians. I saw. Like all Nigerian men, like specifically <laughs> hanging around wearing like the the Nigerian dress, I see. Be, which would be clothes that they would wear anyway. But now it's like blending in because everyone else is doing it. Uh, yeah, Sabahans and Slovakians wearing their dress and like doing like uh, traditional dances. It was a great cultural exchange episode without being structured. It was just like this is who I am. I lepa. And I jalan-jalan, and I will hang out B- with my bila friends. Ni, b- bila ni, bila ni, bit? It was in 
August or September, I think. So every year is the same time. Every year it's it's around the same time. This is like an organized event. Uh, so August, it's it's very grassroots, and now it's starting to get more commercial money yeah. and selection. Uh, but uh, yeah, I love it. It's one of my favorite days. I have specifically been telling uh, expat friends or friends who have just moved to KL that oh, like today, like this Saturday, go on the LRT. Like I don't care if you like want to grab the Monkeyara or something. Like include the LRT in this day. It's just gonna give you so much joy. Hmm. Because this kind of event is like very interesting and like it has a lot of cultural elements in there. Do you know of any other event that is like similar but it's not well known? I feel like there are always regular sessions of markets at a lot of different uh, event spaces in KL, and when you move away from like the typical like central market, you start to find a bit more unique like of uh, versions of like KL retail. So like KL designers, this doesn't have doesn't have to be clothes. It could be like creative retail, uh, jewelry, jewelry, stickers, like design. There are weekly markets in places like Publica that people have just like accepted as as like part of their regular lives, which is just like an atas pasamalam when you think about it. But speaking of like unique experiences, one like increasingly touristy. Not touristy, but like an event that people are now recommending to like tourists who want to go deeper mm. is the Wednesday night pasamalam at Taman Konot, which is the longest Chinese pasamalam in possibly the longest pasamalam in all of KL. Oh, that but one has been around for. It's been around for a long, long time, time, and now it's become like a destination because you can take the LR, the MRT to Taman Konot, the pasamalam, and it's if you are a foreigner in Malaysia and you don't live in like. Gombak or Taman Melawati or like Pantai Dalam, and you don't normally get to experience a local pasar malam. Experiencing the chaos of like the Taman Konot one is a really like vibrant visual experience. I actually went there because when I was in Malacca, I was like so fascinated, like wow, them longest pasar malam. Yeah. But then when I finally got there. I think it's overhyped. It is overhyped. Yeah, I mean, like, how many different stinky tofu stalls can a person? Yeah. Well, I think pasamalam. If you're just looking to go there and buy food, yeah. yes, it's overrated because you will just find the first few stalls there. Okay, ni nampak sedap. Aku bungkus aku balik. But yeah. if you just want, I got my apa, I'm done. Yeah. If you if you just want to experience the pasamalam culture, which is it's very much our culture, right? It's not just pasamalam. We have uptowns that close at 3 a.m. Yep. and closing time. Okay, this is a tip. Pasar malam, if you go, you just wait until about closing time, right? You buy one, get one free. It's very, it's very common. Yeah. Macam pergi beli makan kat sebelah, patu sebelah tu ada macam jual air. Macam dia dia ambil air sekali, dia ambil air sekali, ambil dua, ambil dua, ambil dua. Because when they closing, they will just they will throw it out anyway. So that's one of the things that I wait. So Amiral, during your investigations, yes, have you encountered anything spooky or supernatural? I'm a very anti-superstitious person in a city that I think is like quite a superstitious place. The number of people who I know who refuse to go to Lalapot Mall, which is just a giant mall because it used to be Pudu Prison, is like massive. I'm just like, dude, free parking. Pergi je lah. I am a non-superstitious person and I don't I intentionally don't want my content to be like spooky but I think a lot of things because then otherwise like that is a very popular way like everyone loves like adding on their own like spooky experiences there are people who do that very well I'm not one of those people uh, I'm like a man of science in Kuala Lumpur many things in KL are explained by 
supernatural attributions. Like they like even OKL history. Like for instance, the positioning of the first temple in KL, which is the Sinzi Siya temple in near like Petaling Street, has to do with the local patron spirit helping Yap Aloy during the Selangor Civil War. You know how like in cultures when you go to war, like there's the the, the, the concept of like being like Kabal. Protected by your being god. Protected by your god, protected by the spirits. Yep. Someone has to protect KL, obviously. And so this temple was like Yap Aloy invoking the previous uh, Kapitan who became like this patron spirit and as a result that's why Yap Aloy and his faction won the Selangor Civil War when it came to retaking KL after it was burned down. Supernatural aspects in, in KL is more than just like the Patni Brantu quotes but why else is it like every year a new restaurant to top? That's that's just like bad business. There's no like more than 60% of restaurants close in the first year bro. So that's nothing yeah, spooky I mean, about F&B that. business is a cutthroat business. Yeah. It's like it's spooky because for you to get into the business it's like you want to die. Then have you got into trouble before? Okay, getting into non-spooky trouble happens all the time. I, professional man. I, yeah, yeah. So, security guards hate me. Oh, then you're not professional enough. Like, I know, I know. I, I should be like like stealth, like ninja. No, no, not stealth, bro. No, make okay. friends with them. Yes, bring yeah. two tetari bungkus bagi ka pagat. You'll be yeah. friends, bro. Uh, I mean, that, that's, that's what I effectively do a lot of the time. Like, security guards, you know, they're just doing their job. Yep. They're, they're keeping people out because that's what they're paid to do. And also, what are you doing there? It's not your place. But uh, a bit of kindness, a bit of curiosity will solve that. Uh, if I like go into a place and I can halal, I'll just be like, oh, like two reactions, which usually gets me a good outcome. One oh, is it's like you, those two reactions is you, you act one la. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I will always like one like what would do. Go like oh oh tak boleh eh? tak boleh pasal tak boleh kenapa tempatnya tempatnya apa but instead of like responding to hostility by escalating hostility I just show curiosity show curiosity about security guard as a person because he's just a guy doing his job but he's also a guy doing his job who has been there for like 20-30 years he knows the little stories if you are someone who shows that you care to listen and then genuine, you will you yes. will hear all sorts of stories. Sometimes it's spooky stories. Yeah. Oh. That's the ones I'm like. Pagat, pagat, spooky stories. My other reaction, other than what we do, is to social engineer. Like make it like I know what I'm doing. I'm like, no, I'm here because I know this place is like this place, this place, this place. So you bring a clipboard with yeah. you lah. I'm like, sign up inspection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terus berdiri tegak. And then they're like, oh, uh, give me a sec. I'm going to check with my boss. Then you like, tengok, tengok, lima minit, ambil gambar, and then keluar lah. Oh, yeah. then you faster run while he check with the boss. I uh, casually walk away. <laughs> lari, lari. Yeah. Uh, Pagat. Okay, time's up. <laughs> Pagat tak boleh tangkap pun. So, so don't worry. Next time you go back, you see your face gonna paste there. Uh, there are a few places that I have worried that that would happen. But so far, it hasn't happened yet. So far, it has not happened yet. Okay, so you haven't been banned or from any places yet. Lah, so I have far. not, yeah. Not, not to my knowledge. But uh, I also do this thing and I think I do this just mostly for my own amusement. If I go somewhere that previously I've like had a bad encounter with security, the next time I will wear like a different disguise. Oh. Instead of like wearing like a cap, uh, like not wear a cap, a I'll week? wear like a jersey with like a crossbody bag, nampak macam rider something. Yeah, grab. Yeah, I have a lot right of now. I have a lot of grab food t-shirts. Yeah. Right. Nanti kita counting. I I used to be. Oh. Yeah. I think uh, <laughs> wait, when you have a, a rider uniform, you are invisible in the city. You can go yeah. pass through any space, especially if you're like holding something. 
Ya ya. So ada plastik yang yeah. ada kotak kat dalam dalam kereta kat park guard macam uh, drop off eh grab. Ha uh, yeah. they will just let you through you don't need yeah. to register. Then kalau pakai macam tu boleh masuk sinema. Tengok eh ada orang order dari dalam. Tak boleh ah ya, yeah. sinema tapi yeah. kalau pergi belakang I mean office office order McDonald's. Betul betul. Other than outside people who trying to bring them in right. Okay, uh, I think I read somewhere in December alone Malaysian spend more than 260 million in Thailand world. Right. So let's not talk about people from outside to coming in because people are coming in, right? But even here, people here are just going outside. So I think uh, if I take from what you say, right? Yeah. Okay. So the approach number one is treat KL like you're going on a blind date with a pretty girl for the first time. Yeah. Right? Just ask questions. Don't assume anything. Try to find out as much as you can. Uh, secondly, would be to just to just not have. A main objective in mind Just say Okay I just want to explore KL And then you will find Very amazing things in KL Yeah Right So I think uh, In terms uh, What would be Other than the infrastructure Right What would be The best thing That you say That KL has to offer To people coming to KL Whether they be Locals from other states Or People from outside Of the country It's the fact that It has everything There's no city In Malaysia That has Everything The way KL does Uh It has the most convenience. It has the most options. It has the most opportunities. Unfortunately, this also means because we are a consumption-based culture, we have the most malls. We have the most like seven family marts in one square kilometer. But indulging in everything that KL has and knowing that the opportunities are endless is a good thing. Yeah, because it's 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 a, there's something for everyone. Yeah, something for everyone. Uh, There are layers to KL. There are layers that we, even I, will never see because I'm not a member of certain minority groups, for instance. Uh, but acknowledging and opening your eyes and seeing that makes you recognize that KL is much more than uh, than what you think it is, even if you you've like lived in KL your whole life. Okay, so there you have it. Uh, to end our podcast, let's uh, take turn by choosing. Okay, so let's say if Malaysian state lah, every all Malaysian state is a person. Who will you choose to marry, fuck, or kill? Marry, selawat. Oh. Ah, yeah, wait, yeah. Wait, we are promoting KL this episode. I know. Well, you know, <laughs> no, no, one of the selawat kin sign KL. Yeah, selawat can come to KL. Selawat can be wilayah persekutuan. Selawat. So Mary Selawat, why? Mary Selawat. Uh, I think Selawat is as someone who loves everything underrated, everything that needs to be like explored and and delved and gone deeper. Selawat is by far the number one place in the, the rest of Malaysia that hasn't been uh, that hasn't had a lot of people like uh, unlearning their prejudices and their preconceptions. Kuching is an incredibly diverse town. Yep. Kuching has the sort of like cultural power and yep. state government money to like pull people to do events. Uh, yeah, Selawat, Selawat, Selawat Mary. Uh, fuck. Mm. Mm. Kelantan. Best food. Sebab manis. Everything sweet. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, kill. Sorry, it's going to be Johor. Why do you guys have Johor Laksa. What's with the spaghetti thing? Come on. Okay, for me, I think I would go Sarawak as well to marry because, like, 
Sarawak people are loyal. Sarawak as a state itself is very loyal. Uh-huh. Right? They take care of their own. Right? They have deep rooted cultures and they don't show everything to everyone. Right? I don't want my wife to show everything to everyone. Right? You have to know my wife then you know things that, that the beautifulness, the beauty of of who I marry. So that's who I marry. I would fuck KL all day long, bro. Of course, bro. All day and all night. So everything is here. So of course, Right, if you want to have fun, KL is the place. In KL terms, is a booty call. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, I would say not just a booty call. It's there when you need it. Right? And what you need, it can provide. It's just that you need to find it. Right? It's not... KL tak bagi bro. Kau kena cari. Tapi kalau apa yang kau cari, kau dapat bro. Right? In terms of kill... Oh, siapa lah? Johor kita tak payah bunuh bro. Because Johor nanti dia keluar Malaysia sendiri. <laughs> so, but I would say kill... Uh, belah kanan Pahang lah kot Pahang, Pahang Pahang is the most One of the most resource rich But unfortunately Semua orang dia macam um, Dia macam relax sangat lah It's Korang ada ke tak ada pun tak tahu Come orang Pahang kan? Up sikit lah Pahang mantap babe Korang pantai timur kan? Gaduh macam Kelantan banyak sikit lah I would marry KL Because he makes the most money Yeah no, it's easier would, to have multiple partners bro. <laughs> I will fuck Sabah and kill Penang. <laughs> Interesting. Elaborate. Okay. I need to know. I need to Yeah, yeah we need to know. Yeah. yeah, why? Why? Actually, it's either Penang or Pahang lah to kill. Because like Penang, I've been there a few times just bad vibes and then their food is not as good as they say. Same Ooh, like that is a hot thing. Uh, Yo, I like, am not related to this girl at all. Like, <laughs> Ipoh is in Pahang, right? No, it's not. Ipoh is in Tera. Penang food is the best way. No. no. And like a few times I went there, the people there are rude. They are so scared of Penang. Yeah, that's why I have bad vibe. Like, okay, die. Die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sabah, Press button. Boom. It's because I haven't been there yet, so I want to fuck around a bit there. And find out. Okay, one yeah. night stand. Fuck around and find out. <laughs> She's more KL than you, bro. Pergi kahwin dengan Sarawak lah. Apa cerita? <laughs> I mean, yeah, true, yeah, true, true. Yeah, you didn't yeah. mention KL at all. I know, yes, no, exactly. no. No, because KL is locked in his basement. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You marry Sarawak and you go back to KL. <laughs> so, thank you so much, Amirul, for joining us today as our first guest ever. Please do check out his content. In very TikTok very insightful at the cool things yeah and yeah sprinkle with a little bit of spice signing out <laughs> uh, until next time with garam masala bye bye